used to want to get these with my dad. They don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. I wish he'd stay off Twitter. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Well, either way. Why are you here? You're supposed to be asleep. I am here determined to stop this future atrocity. It's just not a natural thing we would do in our society. You don't see that. Yes. Two things that have only never let me down in this entire country's history. The First Amendment and Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Let me tell you, the one that matters is me. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. And get to the question that most of my constituents would like answered. Is it mad basic to post a selfie of your feet while on vacation? I give you America itself. This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C. Uh, DJ Nor. A dimly lit room where, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. And today, everybody, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. The other shoe. Beg your pardon? The other shoe. When will it drop? What kind of a general manager is that? It's metaphorical. A metaphorical general manager. <laughs> you go in, you have metaphorical meetings, you ask him for metaphor- metaphorical funding. Did you Sometimes see? he fires you metaphorically. Did you see Trump's latest Syria tweet? Yes. <sighs> yeah. See, I want to support the guy. I really do. Sure. He doesn't bother me. He's wacky. Well, he bothers the hell out of me, and I want to support him. I, you but, know, Obama, I disagreed with him. I mean, but when he was doing the work of America, supported him. I'm a policy person. If the policies are going my way, I don't care who it is. It's very admirable. Um... Dude, what the hell was yesterday versus today on your tweets? I mean, what is that? Well, what is those bombs might be coming any minute or maybe not uh, for a while? I don't know. I don't know. Or any minute, not for a while. And by the way, how about a thank you? We'll read the tweet to you later. Oh, yeah. But yeah. come on, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? What are you yeah, doing? It's a different style. It's a different yeah, approach. I'd say it's, a, it's Isn't refreshing. It? Really, <clears throat> I don't want. I hate to start the show Trump bashing. I started it, but. What isn't it just perfectly clear that he gets up in the morning, he watches cable news, and then he starts tweeting about what he hears some pundit say? Yes, yeah, that's wacky. That is. All right, let's policy under- wise, I'm pretty happy with a lot of stuff. That's I what, mean, a lot of stuff. That was the Wall Street Journal's best op-ed piece when they, as a uh, you know Republican-leaning newspaper, said, "We hate everything about Donald Trump, but his policies." Yeah, <laughs> um, you know. It, Granted, now listen, please don't quote me if we're in a world war tomorrow, but I'd easily see the guy reelected at this point. I mean, because in the real, they used to call it kitchen table issues when, you know, we weren't always screaming at each other all the time. The The government policies that actually matter to you all, I mean, in your in your house, in your pocketbook, in your day-to-day life, not just ideologically. Rolling back regulations, just trying to uh, survive this mess. Yeah, lower taxes, simpler taxes. Well, we didn't get very far on that. But, I mean, on the the kitchen table issues, doing great. And well, we'll read today's tweet to you. 
uh, coming up. Let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing okay. I turned 43 years today. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so I'll celebrate my birthday like I usually do. I'll sit down alone at a table with a Swanson's meatloaf TV dinner. Mm. <laughs> then I'll get to the mashed potatoes portion, and I'll put one of those relightable candles in the potatoes. Mm. I'll light it, and I'll blow and blow until I pass out and fall asleep. <laughs> God, what? What is this, a really depressing French film? Is he asking once again for his uh, his usual, yeah. the only thing that I want is dignity? That's right. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. right. No gifts, no yeah. money, just my dignity. Yeah. Well. I have which, disappointing news. Which comes with the Swanson's TV dinner, I believe. <laughs> Haven't gotten it yet. You know, i got to introduce the kids. Do they still make the same TV dinners that I ate as a kid, more or less? Because I liked those, man. The little cranberry thing for dessert. and the... When my mom would say, yeah, it's a TV dinners tonight, I was excited. Yeah. The mashed potatoes that were hot as lava. <laughs> yeah, they're still good. Except for that one part right in the middle. <laughs> yeah, which is a little ice cube. Mm. A little potato cube. Um, there is uh, Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. I went to a professional sport last night, and I only mention this because I believe your kids would have really enjoyed the halftime show, as it was none other than Vanilla Ice, Mr. Oh, Robert Van Winkle. They would have gone, no. they would have gone oh. crazy for oh, that. Oh, yeah, he was great. Wait a second. Did he sing Ice Ice Baby? Of course he sang his song. <laughs> he did a couple other things that people were like, what is this one? But no, then he eventually got to the big one, and everybody, yeah, blew up. It was great. It was good times. Wow, so he's essentially competing now with Frisbee catching dogs. <laughs> And oh, yeah. mascots who slam dunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, 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 I've seen him at some of these hip-hop throwback shows and stuff, mm-hmm. too, and he's really big on the, if you got your videos at Blockbuster, make some noise. Like, kind of oh, oh, back to the night. God, that if made you me sick. a cassette deck. Oh, <laughs> yay! He knows about me! Hooray, I'm old! <laughs> Hooray! He thanks people for watching the Vanilla Ice Project. His uh, his home <laughs> renovation show. Oh, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Which is a hit, right? That that people like it. Been on for multiple seasons, yeah. so there you go. That's a hit. Yeah, sure. There is uh, Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm all right. I went to a bookstore yesterday to get a book on how to use my new Note Eight smartphone. Ah, that's old timey. Getting most a book. Marshall sense. Yeah, no kidding. That's the most Marshall thing you could do. Get a book for your smartphone at a bookstore. There you go. And I uh, go over there. I saw ads for this uh, particular uh, publication, and they didn't have them in stock. What you have to do now is, is get your books on Amazon like every other human being. No. Ah, there's another twist. No, there's another twist. Another twist. Almost. Wait a minute. A twist. You've You're got- asking your blacksmith. Hilarious. I'm my horse. You have to go in and order one first. Pay them in front. Then they will print up a copy and mail it to you. There you go. Well, as soon as you get that, you can use your phone. I'm the reason I, I had a BlackBerry briefly, yeah. and uh, the reason I took it back is it came with a giant, thick, impossible to read manual. I thought I just, I just am right. not doing this. Yeah. I could, but I don't want to. Yeah. The BlackBerry was notorious for its learning curve. Right. From what I understand, and then the iPhone, you just took it out of the box and started using uh, it. I'm wondering, could this be the trend? You order books, then they print them up and send them <laughs> out to you. Yeah. Well, probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that already exists in some you know yeah. uh, corners of the publishing right. world. 
Well, just not enough demand for hard copy guidance for my new high tech device. That, that is the most martially sentence you have ever said. <laughs> that was hilarious. It's <laughs> perfectly wrought. Yes. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this Thursday, April twelfth, year twenty eighteen, setting you straight in twenty one eight. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. We're user friendly, no manual required. Let's begin the show now, officially according to FCC rules and regs. At Mark, have you seen these terms of service before? Actually, at the first line of our terms of service. The terms of service, 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 the terms of service, terms of service, the terms of service, the terms of the, what do you call it, the terms of service. Your user agreement sucks. So experts agree, it seems like the one thing that may certainly come out of these Zuckerberg's hearings is companies have to take a look at their terms of agreement and do something about it. There's quite a bit of pushback from uh, customers and the government. Terms of service. <laughs> Sorry, in the wake of that clip, that was just ironic. That was very... And I hope that happens. It sounded like the old congressman. <laughs> People have been complaining forever. It's obviously a ripoff. I mean, it's just it's it's bald-facedly a ripoff. Thousands of words of legalese are rarely there to help you. <laughs> right. What are their headlines, Marshall? Well, President dials back his Twitter threat to hit Syria. We've got the fired FBI director Comey comparing Trump to a mob boss in the upcoming ABC interview. We have preview. And night owls die young. Stories coming up minutes from now. Armstrong and Getty. Jeez, there's a lot in there, including Trump's latest tweet on the uh, was impending war with Syria. How's mailbag look? Oh, it's fine. Wide ranging. Addresses your uh, white privilege, mm. atheism, and disease. Fantastic. Those are some hot topics. If you're into that. Yeah, I like all those topics. Um. Oh. I'm telling you. I like this. I like the really tough sound in Vanilla Ice. He's a gangster with a nine. Gurley's on standby waiting just to say hi. Did I stop? No. I just drove by. Just went right on by. Wow. What do, what do I care? Wow. He's aloof, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he's aloof, that Vanilla Ice. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. One columnist went through the process that Zuckerberg described the other day. Oh, you can get your information back and find out what has been stolen and take it down. He went through the process and and what he found about how much Facebook keeps on you and how difficult it is to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Is pretty damned interesting, so stay tuned for that. Later. Probably reminiscent of our discussion about Google the other day. Painstaking was the word that kept coming to mind. For, so. for one thing, he was shocked to find everything from his contact area of his phone. Uh, Facebook had all the mm-hmm. phone numbers, names, all this stuff. He'd never, he'd never submitted them or downloaded them or anything like that. They just got in there somehow and got them all. It's in the terms of service. Terms of service. Terms of service. It's all in there. You just have to read the whole thing and comprehend it. That's all that's required. There is nobody. I, I doubt there's one person using Facebook on the Facebook on the planet who, if you said to them, would you like Facebook to automatically access the phone book in your phone and grab all those names and phone numbers? There, I, I'll bet there's not one of the two and a half billion users uh-huh. that say, yeah, I'd like them to automatically do that. Yeah, I don't know. 
<laughs> and, I don't know. And yet they do that. Well, that's a great way for Facebook to find people I might want a friend who are on Facebook. They look at my contacts for me. Right. And reach out. It's wonderful. Mailbag. Your freedom, love, and quote of the day from TJ himself, Thomas Jefferson. And, you know, it's more of a freedom-protecting quote of the day. Timid men prefer the calm of despotism to the tempestuous sea of liberty. Which is why they designed a government where a majority couldn't vote away the rights of uh, minorities. Because timid men prefer the calm of despotism. I don't know if you have to be timid to just plain enjoy calm over strife. It's just that Jack calling for totalitarianism. We label the podcast accordingly. Going with the calm is a bad idea, but yeah, I don't know. If it, I think that's just human nature to want the calm over the strife. It's just like it's easier to eat crap than it is to eat healthy. Mm. I don't think that makes you a bad person. It's just easier mm. to do that. Mm. Alternate title: Jack says he knows better than <laughs> Thomas Jefferson. I just I really to... do need to do uh, un- arguing unfairly yes. clinics. Yeah, you know, we'll meet yeah. in the Holiday Inn, a meeting room. I'll greet everybody, then teach them how to ar- argue unfairly. See, I think the argument has to be made more of why long term that's a bad, uh, bad strategy. And, and you have to convert more wobblers uh, into the camp of enjoying the tempestuous sea of liberty. For instance, of course, we are living in tempestuous times. Trump-estuous times. For instance, I don't want more dangerous playgrounds because I like kids getting hurt. I see. I think long-term, it's 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 bad for us. Just in general, I'd like to playgrounds... To have calf children. Just in yeah. general, I'd like playgrounds to be incredibly safe and my kid to never get hurt. Yeah. But that doing that is dangerous. So yeah. I don't think that makes me timid. I have so much good email, but that's a great tangent. This new uh, this movement that the media is excited about reporting about uh, more risky playgrounds. You know, it's again, it's it proof I am a small man. We have been howling about this for years since the lawsuit happy, keep everybody safe, don't let a kid get a skin knee. For God's sake, don't let them run around, get sweated up during the school day, make them sit there obediently, blah, blah, blah. We've been, you know, decrying that movement for years and years and years. And finally, the mainstream's coming around, uh, around to our point of view, and it annoys me <laughs> to see it on the news. The new movement is toward more risky playgrounds. Yes, yes, I should welcome them. Welcome them to our point of view. But at least it's happening. The longer you live, the more you realize pendulums do swing back and forth. How much this one, I'm not totally confident in swinging back in the right way yet. How much of my taxpayer money in my lifetime has been spent on these pillow soft, nothing fun to play on playgrounds? Right. Yeah. (laughs) That they're now going to take down and replace with cement and monkey bars, I hope. (laughs) Veal calf playgrounds. Uh, Moving along. Uh, this is from Al or an Anonymous. I'm not going to give you a gender. Maybe they're like gender queer or something. You don't know that. Human says, I'm closely acquainted with a person at Facebook. Oh, the, the topic is Facebook has been censoring or suppressing conservative speech for years. Ted Cruz talking about that in the hearings, etc. And, uh, and Mark Zuckerberg fairly saying Silicon Valley is way left, which I was surprised he would say. I was pleased he was that candid, yeah. Uh, at any rate, we have a direct uh, testimony from a person at Facebook. They send left-leaning PAC uh, political action committee donor suggestion lists to targeted employees who have stock gains over a certain amount. So they know who has Facebook stock among their employees. If you get a big uh, boost, you get a big uh, you know payday. 
They say, hey, you could donate to these progressive political action committees. For Zuckerberg to say there's no overt bias is an outward, outright direct lie. It is their prerogative and they're not breaking any laws, but at least call it what it is. Now, I want to talk about that later. Did Mark Zuckerberg sit there with his very pleasant-looking, honest face on his booster seat um, and just out-and-out lie about a couple of things? It would seem that he did. Once again, I'm a sap. I keep looking for ways in that I'm just misunderstanding him or he's he's being misunderstood or something. But is he a shark enough that he just sat there and lied about a couple of things? It sure seems like he did. 100%. We've got a clip of him, uh, John, with Camilla Harris, senator from California, about that. It just certainly seems like he's lying. Jack, you're not alone in wishing malice on the dark one for spite alone. But I doubt he loses any sleep over our contempt for his existence, to be honest. of course not. Not even sure he understands. His box of chocolates appears to be endless. (laughs) Of course not. Trust me, I don't think that he cares. What I think of him. Endless Box of Chocolates is my psychedelic side group. Long jams. I mean long. We'll start a jam. You'll get tired of it. You'll go home. You'll sleep. You'll get up the next morning, come back to the club. We're still jamming. I think what I hate about Mark Zuckerberg is not that, uh, I was going to say, because he feels like he's smarter than us. He is smarter than us. So he's smarter than me anyway. It's that he feels like he's wiser than us. I don't think he's wiser than us. Right. I also think he's a much, much better liar and shark, as you say, than he's given credit for. He just happens to have a very pleasant-looking face. Waking up to that. All right, good jury story here, if you want it. We have time. When I was 18, I served on a jury in a civil trial about a car accident between two guys. Well, the thought of jury duty filled me with dread. The actual experience was fascinating. I agree. When we retired to the jury room to deliberate, I found that I found myself to be in a room full of people who didn't care. No one spoke. They let me, an 18-year-old, brand-new adult, take the reins to read the information, disseminate the case for them, and they just nodded in agreement. Okay, let's go with that. After the trial, the landline rang at my house. Prosecuting attorney, uh, he had tracked him down in the phone book. This trial will definitely be appealed as you can't find him non-negligent. What happened in the jury room? I told him about the decision that one line of the judge's instructions to the jury caused us to find the way he did. He thanked me and hung up. Uh, this experience caused me to be terrified to ever be in a position to be judged by my peers. Wow. Too much apathy, too much high-level instruction, the lay person, I would agree. Too much trust in a group of people who just want the trial to be over to resume right. their normal lives. Right. Loved you guys from my hometown Modesto to Davis to Redding to Portland to Vancouver, Washington. What are you on the run from, Tawny from Vancouver? Um, and then she says, you're, oh, you're, okay, you're Pacific Northwest female correspondent. Yeah, that's interesting that uh, if you come out of the jury experience thinking, God help me if I'm ever judged by a jury of my peers. It's a lot closer to a coin flip than you'd ever want to believe. Um, Just the mood in the jury room, who takes control if anybody does. Um, The four person, just the just the mood. Um, it's it's not nearly as rational as you'd hope and pray. I'm I have not really looked seriously into the idea of professional jurors. I don't know the ins and outs and the the frequently cited objections and, and you know the arcania of it. But just on its face, I <laughs> love been, the idea. I've been through it before. I think in college, but I don't remember the yeah. arguments. I love the idea, having served on a few juries. Now. I think a lot of the. Uh... The reasons why it's a bad idea could be overcome by real-life experience. Yeah. Oh, we didn't get to your white privilege, unfortunately. It's uh, another privilege of being white sometimes. (laughs) You know, you can just delay, 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 and not be called to count.
So uh, we'll we'll get to that. And the president's latest tweet, you got to put that with yesterday's tweet in which we thought war was coming and, and figure out where we are. Another head scratcher from the Oval Office. Maybe that's good. Maybe he's keeping uh, sod on his toes. Sure. I don't know. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Leaving, what does that mean, if anything? I don't know. That's the sort of thing real people ever talk about. Do real people ever talk about stuff like that? I'm not sure they do. Maybe a little, but if you're going to be honest, the answer is uh, to the question is nobody knows what effect it's going to have. This will be devastating in the Republicans' attempt to retake the House. I heard Jim Jordan. Where's he from, the congressman? Ohio, is it? I think it's Ohio. I love yeah. the cut of his jib, but he was. Uh, they dragged him on MSNBC, and they were asking him about the Paul Ryan thing. And the politics of it. And they kept wanting to go back to, well, let's help the Democrats take the House. Well, let's Republican fundraising. Blah, blah, blah. And he kept saying, listen, I just, uh, all I care about, I don't care who's the next speaker. I care about the things we were elected to do that we're not doing. I care about the giant omnibus bill. I, I care about we're spending ourselves into oblivion. I care about, you know, Americans and their lives and, blah, and the economy and blah, blah, blah. And he would not be dragged into the, the politics. He was into the governance part, and I thought that was great. Who's ever gone to the ballot box to vote for their congressperson and based the vote on who the speaker is or not? Do people do that? I have never. I never have. Uh, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump is dialing back his rhetoric on Syria a day after he threatened to send in U.S. missiles after that suspected chlorine gas attack. This morning, Trump tweeting, Never said when an attack on Syria would take place. Could be very soon, or not so soon at all. Clearly responding to cable news reports, right? Clearly responding to all the criticism that, well, you telegraphed your punch. Right. This is the very thing you said Obama was an idiot for. I think he's responding to that, 100%. Trump's tweet continuing, In any event, the United States under my administration has done a great job of ridding the region of ISIS. Where is our thank you, America? That, uh, that, that first part is true. <laughs> Uh, we've done a great job of ridding the Middle East of ISIS. Uh, the where's our thank you, America? What is that? What from is, whom? What is that comment from the President of the United States? <laughs> I don't, what is that? <laughs> well, and I, I'm, I don't even know who he's addressing. I, Assad? I'll Putin? tell you who he's addressing. He's, Iran? He's addressing a particular person who said something on one of the cable news channels. Ah, okay. Don't you think? Well, that, that makes sense. Because I can't come up with another answer. (laughs) Trump is still considering the U.S. response to the chemical weapon attack in Syria. Uh, His White House press secretary, Sarah Sanders, was telling reporters, though, The president holds Syria and Russia responsible for this chemical weapons attack. Yes, he does, but he's still thinking about it. We have a number of options, and all of those options are still on the table. Final decisions uh, haven't been made yet on that front. Do you hear that uh, Macron says they have proof positive yes. it was the regime? You got that? Yes, okay. I do. All right, my apologies. Yeah, the French president uh, Macron says France has proof that the Syrian government launched those chlorine gas attacks and that France would not tolerate regimes that think everything is permitted. He did not say, however, whether France is actually planning military action against Assad's government, but he says he and President Trump have been talking regularly. If we don't drop a few bombs in Syria at this point, after yesterday's tweet, the next time around, would anybody pay any attention? Would Trump have lost all the power that he has to frighten anyone with a tweet? 
I would think so. I mean, you, I mean, you, you just said to your kid, I will kick you out of the house if you do that. Right. And then they do it, and you don't kick him out of the house. Right. Well, good luck the next time you try to play that card. Yeah, yeah. There's a, actually a... Well, I won't go off on the tangent about dog training, though some might find it interesting. There is something to be said yes. for the randomness of maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. It's like the capriciousness of punishing slaves. We talked to Tim Sandifer about that, his fabulous book about Frederick Douglass. If you just never know what he's right. going to do, that might up the level of, of you know, apprehension. But in general, I like consistency. Uh, by the way, speaking of the Middle East, two days in a row, I failed to include in mailbag after the freedom-loving quote of the day, Jeremy in Eagle, Idaho's despotism-loving quote of the day, which I think is a great uh, little uh, ongoing feature. All right. And this one is, um, well, he says, my quote's validity was called into question yesterday. I can assure you my sources are verified. The website has Abraham Lincoln's seal of approval. <laughs> Today's quote comes to you from the late, great Saddam Hussein. Very appropriate to the uh, right. current discussion. Right. Whose head popped off shortly after the, uh, the war. It's unfortunate. Unintended. Politics is when you say you are going to do one thing while intending to do another. Then you do neither what you said nor what you intended. Oof, that's complicated. Yeah, but it's a pretty good description of, of what politics is in any system. Yeah. Politics is when you say you're going to do one thing while intending to do another. Then you do neither what you said nor what you intended. ABC has released clips of former FBI Director James Comey's interview for 2020 that will air Sunday night ahead of the release next week of his new memoir, A Higher Loyalty, Truth, Lies and leadership in it. In has it. there been a more grandiosely self-serving title in the history of publishing? See, I, I, why don't you? Is he does he ride a white horse on the cover? I think I like James Comey, but he yeah. really likes playing the role of I am the arbiter of all that is right and good. Right. And has he has he at any point ever said, "Boy, I really made a mistake on that. That was really a bad idea." I wonder. I don't. I don't recall that. I don't think so. Now, in the uh, in the run up to uh, the release of uh, this promo, you see the headlines. Comey compares Trump to mob boss. Here's how the promo goes down with interviewer uh, George Stephanopoulos asking Comey, "How strange is it for you to sit here and compare the president to a mob boss this Sunday night on ABC? Are there things that you know but haven't said that could damage President Trump?" James Comey. And to those who say you should have brought Hillary Clinton before a grand jury? The exclusive interview everyone will be talking about. Was President Trump obstructing justice? Should Donald Trump be impeached? Stephanopoulos. Comey. This Sunday night. Lots of people using whispery voices. That's how you know it's serious. Were were the children sleeping in the next room when they cut that promo? It'll get big ratings. I know I'll watch. Oh, yeah. And you're right, though. No actual Comey in that promo. It's just uh, Stephanopoulos asking the questions. And this guy. <laughs> How far guy. is Comey willing to go? Um, is he really, really, really butthurt over the way he was treated? Which yes. Is, which was pretty bad. Unless I'd... your next choice is really, 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 really butthurt. <laughs> <laughs> then it's that one. <laughs> then it's that one. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Thank you, Squawky Eagle. So it turns out 
When the FBI went into Trump's lawyer's office, they were looking for stuff about Stormy Daniels, the Playboy uh, model girlfriend. Right. And the Access Hollywood Bully Bush stuff. So, I'm sorry, this is not about Putin. It's about Putin. <laughs> it's, it's about tail. So this whole investigation has turned toward tail. Well, or Mueller handed off this yeah. part of it to other people. I'll see. I'll see. I'm going to investigate this part myself. But the going into the lawyer's offices, yeah. it would seem to be it was all about tail. Yeah. Of one sort of another. What the what? I don't know. Stay tuned. We're going to talk to a reporter on that on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I better use some Tic Tacs just in case I start kissing her. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss them. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the. <laughs> I can do anything. Me you now. Know, you know. All men are automatically attracted to beautiful women. We all are. It's not unique to you. It's just we decide for a variety of reasons, legal and ethical and moral, to just, you know, not go there. Mm. Um, One other tidbit on that. That's obviously the famous Access Hollywood Billy Bush tape. Vice News article I was just reading about how that was one of the most consequential days in political history in that... Earlier that day, the 17 intelligence agencies released with Barack Obama's approval the letter that, hey, everybody, the Russians are hell-bent on disrupting our election. They already have, and they're going to. Right. Barack Obama had paced back and forth deciding, should we do this, or should we let people know or not? We've got to let people know. This is going to be a huge story. They release it in the morning. An hour later, WikiLeaks dumps the DNC emails with Hillary Clinton and Huma and all that sort of stuff. Wow. A couple hours later, the Billy Bush tape comes out. Nobody even noticed the Russia's hacking into our election process uh, letter. It never even got noticed. So why in the name of all that is American would we bring up the Billy Bush tape? Well, why don't we have ABC News correspondent Aaron Katursky explain why that has uh, resurfaced? Uh, for us, Aaron, welcome. How are you, sir? Hey, good, fellas. Thank you. Uh, the the Billy Bush Donald Trump 2005 conversation resurfaces now because it is among the items that is interested federal prosecutors uh, here in New York who have uh, obtained a search warrant that was carried out on Monday morning, the offices and home and hotel room of Michael Cohen, President Trump's personal attorney. Say, all right, well, why are they interested there? And clearly, the the prosecutors uh, are are suspicious of of potential bank fraud, and they want to know maybe whether Michael Cohen has any records of any money being paid to try and keep that video quiet or or to control its release somehow uh, in in a way that would politically benefit the president. This is so astoundingly Clinton-esque. Well, uh, even more so in that we began with alleged collusion with the Russians, which is at least unethical and perhaps treasonous, and now that balloon is deflated, and now it's all about paying off bimbos. My word's not yours. 
Well, uh, and, and, and I think taken together, we know that the, the prosecutors here are interested in the payouts to, to Stormy Daniels and, and to Karen McDougal uh, involving the National Enquirer. Uh, now we learn about a doorman at one of the Trump buildings that, that was uh, paid $30,000 to uh, keep a rumor uh, about Donald Trump quiet, even though the rumor isn't true. And, and, and then the, the, the Access Hollywood tape. So taken together, it's clear what, what prosecutors are interested in. And, you know, whether it ultimately targets Donald Trump, Michael Cohen, someone else, um, you know, that's what we still don't know I, for sure. I think the one thing we've learned is that if you're very rich and cheat on your wife a lot, your life is complicated. Wouldn't you say? Uh, I wish I had uh, juicy rumors about billionaires. Rumor quashing's more yeah. profitable business than I imagine. Can you imagine? Thirty what? grand. Wow! You, you got to hire this Cohen dude to go around and handing out thirty thirty k to Dorman to and try so to the stop. Question st- is whether the, the the banking system was was abused to to keep, um, you know, your your personal business. But quiet. It doesn't, and that's a serious crime. Well, is it a serious crime? In well, terms well, of being president of the United States, Cohen, I could see, be in trouble, and maybe there's some sort of federal election stuff, but who freaking cares? Well, You're not going to well, get impeached over that. Well, uh, but remember, um, Elliot Spitzer uh, was patronizing a prostitute in a, in a Washington, D.C. hotel, perhaps uh, unsavory, but she admitted it. She was a volunteer. Uh, he He paid her. Uh, what ultimately brought Elliot Spitzer down? A, a violation of, of the banking system and, and using the banking system to arrange the money. What brought down Al Capone? Tax fraud. Well, right. Nothing. Yeah, we we get that. But, Aaron, help me connect the dots because I don't recall the specifics of the Spitzer story. What was it? What did he do that was illegal? He used the banking system to pay off a hooker. Uh, and 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 remember, you know. You what does that mean? Two. I mean, can I go to the ATM and get 200 bucks and go down to the wherever you find hookers and but if there's a political benefit or if there's um you know if it's connected to something that 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 ultimately um is is thought to violate either federal election law uh, or, in, in the in the case of Donald Trump or, or something like that right. then, then, it, sure. then it, the arrangement of that payment ties back to bank fraud and so while in and of itself you may not care that that Donald Trump you know ended up hooking up with Stormy Daniels and and I think as a lot of people have said, that's been, you know, priced in to your feelings about about the president. Um, Excellent. But if the if there was a payment that violated um, federal election law, then the arrangements of that payment probably violated um, federal banking laws as well. Gotcha. Excellent. Aaron Katursky, ABC News correspondent. Aaron, we appreciate the update. Thank you. Okay, fellas. All the particulars there very accurate. I think. I think his use of the word "this is a a, a major legal problem." I don't think it is. I, I don't think it is going to be. I could see Cohen getting disbarred or being in some trouble. I could, if the Democrats take the House, I could see Trump being impeached. There's no way we boot a guy out of office for 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 tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of uh, misusing campaign funds, because that happens all the freaking time. That appears to be what's going on here. I'm quickly reading a couple of articles. Um, yeah, it seems to be the entire thing is the expenditure of money to quash rumors that could hurt him politically being a campaign expenditure. Um. Uh, yeah, it, and and I listen, the Democrats Ellie... might try to decide to impeach on that basis, as the Republicans did with Clinton lying under oath. Follow this through, though. I thought Elliot Spitzer resigned because, as the uh, 
chief law enforcement yeah, officer. Yeah, the chief wasn't law, he law the, enforcement officer who was, was not who was <laughs> not known as a guy who ran around and cheated on his wife all right. the time. It was not time. priced in. Remember, his, yeah, it was not priced in. Um, uh, he was a law and order. He was a hardcore law and order guy, and then it turned out he was ignoring the law. I think that the, politically that was so damaging to him, he resigned. Prosecutors are investigating whether Cohen engaged in bank fraud, wire fraud, and violations of campaign finance law. Wire fraud? Hey, uh, Jimmy. Uh, yes, sir. He's there in his doorman's uniform. Listen, I think we've all heard those stories about Mr. Trump doing X and Y. Uh, listen, here's a little something for the effort. We'd appreciate your discretion. Let's let's uh, let's uh, make sure people know that's not true. Well, thank you, sir. He pockets it. That's like wire fraud now, and well, can you imagine FEC violations? Can you imagine living that life though? And he probably oh, I think was it's all ridiculous. And he probably was before he was a presidential candidate, just because he was a National Enquirer. You know, he's part of that whole world. Sure, and he'd Trump's have his publicist life. call magazines. Right, so you'd be paying off your doorman <laughs> and spreading rumors that are helpful to you and trying to pay off people to stop ones that are bad. And what a weird life. But if so, if Cohen's found guilty of some sort of, you know, mid level white collar crime, I mean, because remember, it's not wire fraud like bilking a thousand grannies out of their 401ks, it's, you know, covering up payments to whores. Would the Democrats try to impeach on that basis if Trump knew his fixer was doing this stuff? I, I, I think maybe they would. I think there's not a chance in hot, hot hell the Senate would convict and, and put him out of office. You need two-thirds of the Senate. There's no way you get that. So I, well, go ahead, I, I hope we don't go through that whole thing just because that'll, man, that'll bog us down as a nation. And it'd be fun for talk radio. As a talk radio host, I'm rooting for it. Does it rise to the level of an impeachable offense? And we'll go through that again. Uh, More on the way. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.